All right, Luke chapter 16, verse 19, and it says this. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fed sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores and was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried and being in torment in Hades, in hell. He lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Verse 24, then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things. And likewise, Lazarus, evil things. But now he is comforted and you are tormented. And besides all this, listen to this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot. Nor can those from here pass to us. Then he said, I beg you, therefore, father, that you would send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded through the one rise from the dead. God, I pray tonight, let every word spoken penetrate the hearts of men and women tonight. Remind us again of eternity. Lord God, I pray, convict our souls, Lord God, that we can have this perspective to have eternity on our hearts and in our minds. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen and amen. Uh, just recently, just on Monday, one of the tragedies were Pastor Mitchell, which is the founder of the Potter's House Fellowship, passed away. And he was 91 years old, and he was the, the beginning person who had this vision, right, where he said, you know what, it's... Uh, we, we need to cater to the broken and the lost. There was a movement that went on where the hippies uh, were coming along, getting saved, and no one wanted to disciple these hippies. And so Pastor Mitchell decided, you know, we can't just allow that to happen. So he brought all these hippies to come in, preach the gospel, raised up these uh, disciples, and they became great men of God, preaching the gospel through the whole entire world. And because of this one man's vision, he lived out Mark chapter 16, verse 15, which is the words of Jesus. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And so the passing of this man of God, this, uh, you know what, father of our faith, Pastor Mitchell, made me realize, you know what, here it is. He lives behind this legacy. He leaves behind pulpits of layman preachers, which is people who have no educated background, haven't been to Bible school, but just simply been transformed by the power of Jesus. Just came along and said, you know what, what can I do to, uh, you know, uh, to help with the furtherance of the kingdom? Men who just be willing to say, you know what, I want to do what Christ has called us to do. And just because of this one man's vision, there's now over 2,500 Potter's House churches worldwide. And our church being one of them. And I think about, yeah, amen, praise God. And I think about this uh, Pastor Mitchell and what he had accomplished. I think about one thing, and that's this. He'd been faithful in his calling, preaching the gospel, uh, um, organizing conferences, preaching and preaching year after year. I looked on YouTube just today, actually, and I found a sermon back in 1990, a sermon he preached. 
And I'm thinking, man, I was only three, four years old then. And to think, you know what, here he is, uh, you know, to this day, he was preaching the gospel over and over, day in, day out, week in, week out, Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday night. And I'm thinking, wow, here is this man. He was faithful even to the end. And my pastor sent a message to me and he said, you know what, Bobby, it's, now it's up to men like you, Bobby. You're the present and the future. And that hit home to me. You know what, talking about eternity, here this man steps into eternity now and he's left with this uh, task where there's preachers all around the world behind pulpits up to men now to take on the vision. And there are men here in this place, God has called you for a greater purpose than yourself. There's men here tonight, you know God's called you to preach the gospel. There's men here tonight, you feel the stirring of the Holy Ghost to say, man, I know I got to do something bigger than what I'm doing right now. That may not be to preach the gospel. That might even be to serve in a ministry in this church and to be a pillar. That might be to serve in nursery or in the Sunday school. Whatever it is, when you step into eternity, will you look back over your life and say, you know what, I was faithful to what God had called me to do. And in our text, we look into this particular parable, which is a parable which Jesus spoke about. A parable is a story that contains heavenly truth. And in this story, gives this thought the echoes of eternity so number one if you're taking note death is no respecter of persons because in our text jesus talks about a rich man and a poor man jesus talks about one man was poor and the other man was rich jesus says you know what hey hey doesn't matter who you are doesn't matter if you got so much money in your bank it doesn't matter where you come from listen every single one of us one day will die Jesus encapsulates this story that death will come knocking on every single one of our doors. And you know what? Your Bible, uh, our Bible says tonight that your soul has an expiry date. The Bible tells us in Acts 17 verse 31. Listen to this. Because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27. And it is is appointed for man to die once but after this the judgment you see the bible is speaking truth that every single soul needs to hear the message is this listen we will spend one life on this earth and then we will spend eternity either in heaven or hell there's a true story a man in his depression decided he was going to take his own life decided he was going to end his life he went into his apartment in a rundown, shabby old apartment, he, he decides to walk through the doorway, realizing it'll be the last time he's going to walk through those doors alive. He closed his door. He took a towel, placed it beneath the door so that it seals the crack. Then he went over to the window, closed the window, and he turned on the gas heater. Pulled off the rubber hose and turned on the gas. The sound of gas starts to fill his apartment room he was breathing in these toxic fumes and his ears began to ring and ring and ring thinking that the gas these uh, the noise was going to alert someone to come and save him so what does he do he decides to turn on the radio as he turns on the radio to try and drown out the noise he's hears these words of a preacher saying this are you ready to meet your god it shocked him it stunned him are you ready to meet your God? He rushed over back to the window, opens it up, 
He rushes back, takes out the towel, unlocks the door, tries to get breath again. Because he realized he needed to get his heart right with God. What about you tonight? Eternity. When your expiry date is over, where will you spend eternity tonight? Are you ready to meet your God? Two places the Bible speaks of. It's either heaven or hell. Jesus spoke about this in this very parable, in this story alone. One went to heaven. One went to hell. Eternity. The definition of eternity is this infinite or unending time. A state to which time has no application. Think about that tonight, church. No time at all has no relevance with eternity. And Jesus speaks to his disciples in John 14, verses 2. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Listen to this. I go to prepare a place for you. Jesus is saying there's something uh, beyond earth. There's something beyond the natural realm. There is a place called heaven. And Jesus says, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. See, Jesus is talking about eternity in heaven. He's talking about eternity. Where will you spend eternity tonight? And this is so true. Did you know Jesus spoke more about hell than he did about heaven? In fact, he describes hell more vividly and in detail as he does with heaven. In verse 23 of our text, describing hell as a place of torment. Verse 24, this tormenting flame. Mark chapter 9, verse 43, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into heaven maimed rather than having two hands to go to hell in the fire that shall never be quenched. It's talking about hell, this, this fire that does not die. And it describes it in such detail. Mark chapter 9, verse 48. The worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Such detail is described with hell. Listen to Matthew 25, 30. Jesus calls the place of hell out of darkness. Jesus compares hell to Gehenna in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. Gehenna is a place, a, a trash dump outside the walls of Jerusalem where rubbish and, and stuff was burnt and maggots abounded. And he called this particular place Gehenna and he describes that place like hell. And I want to say tonight, you know what? God does not desire for you to go to hell. God does not desire for any of us to go there. And this is the thing, this is the truth. Death is no respecter of persons. And the question needs to ask, where will you spend eternity? Where will you spend eternity? Some people think, oh, you know what? I've done some good things. <laughs> people walk through life thinking, oh, you know what? Uh, surely God would see some of the good stuff I've done. Yeah. So surely, you know what? My sin, oh, yeah, I've done some good things. Surely that should outweigh some of the bad things. But, but you think about it. Will a good judge on earth do the same? Will, will a murderer stand before a judge and say to the judge, uh, yeah, 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 I've killed that person, uh, I've done this and that, uh, but you know, I've done some good things. No, no, a judge will say, hey, listen, you deserve punishment of your crime. And the Bible is so clear, when we face God, we face God on judgment. When all is said and done, listen, tonight, we are all going to stand before God. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according 
to what he has done, whether good or bad. We're going to stand before a holy God. Romans chapter 14, verse 10. We shall stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess Jesus is Lord. Revelations chapter 20, verses 12. Listen to this verse. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. Verse 13, the sea gave up the dead who were in it. And death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to to his works listen we're going to give an account one day of what we've done we're going to give an account one day of what we've said the thoughts we've had do you know that every day what you're doing is in the form of a new page in a book your life is writing whatever you think you as you complete that book for the next year it's a, it's as if the lord puts that book back on the shelf then begins the new year again and your life is getting written every day. The things you say, the things you think are getting written down. Everything you do is now written in your life's library. And the day is going to come when God is going to open up your library. God is going to open up your book. And right there is written your life. He's going to judge you by the things written down. Don't you want God to read the library where he's looking through the blood of Christ? That he looks through and sees, I see the blood of Jesus washes his past, her past clean. This is why Jesus came to die on the cross. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. He saw, came down and saw the world and he said, listen, I need to go down and die on the cross. Where the punishment was supposed to be for them, I'll receive the punishment. Jesus dies on the cross takes your punishment, takes my shame, takes your shame, guilt, and he dies on the cross. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. Hallelujah. That he gave his only begotten son so that when we stand before God, that God can see nothing but the blood. Hallelujah. That when Jesus Christ rose again from the grave, the resurrection power can give every single believer victory. To walk not in the condemnation or not walk in the shame of their guilt or their past mistakes, but walk in the victory by what Christ has done. One day, the books will open. What will your life read? What will your life be read out before you on judgment day? Grandfather asked his graduating grandson, what are you going to do now? The grandson said, I want to go to uni. Grandfather asked, what then? He said, I want to become a doctor. So I will have to go to medical school. Grandfather asked, what then? He said, well, I'll have to complete my residency. Grandfather asked, what then? Well, I guess I'll begin my medical practice. Grandfather asked, what then? Grandson says, well, I guess I'll settle down, get married, have a family. Grandfather asked again, what then? Well, I suppose I'll live, grow old and die. Grandfather asked again, what then? Well, I suppose that I will go and meet my God. Grandfather says, well, I was wondering when you were going to fit him in your schedule of life. You see, when are you going to fit God in the schedule of your life? What we decide to do with Jesus today will determine one day what he will do to us. 
Matthew chapter 7 verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Listen to that. Doesn't that make, make you, uh, uh, you know, isn't that sober? Many will say to me in that day, this is verse 22, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied? Cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you, depart from me. You who practice lawlessness. Wow, man, I'm thinking here, here it is. Here is the truth when everything is said and done. You can come to church, you can sing the songs, you can preach, you can do all these things, look all good on the outward appearance, but that ain't got to do anything in the light of eternity. Depart from me, I never knew you. Matthew 25, verse 21, will you hear these words? He said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Amen. To the faithful servant, to the faithful, that which remained faithful to God. Secondly, I want to close with this thought, which is the echoes of eternity. Because in our text right here in this story, the rich man in hell echoes a truth, preaches a message that we all should hear tonight. It tells us, number one, he saw and he cried. The first echo of eternity. He saw and he cried. He saw and he cried, mercy God, have mercy on me. You see, this is the day of regret. Such people will get there and realize God was trying to reach you all this time along. And here it is, you live your day one day at a time while you're just living with the flow. God is trying to get your attention. And then on that very day when you stand before God, you realize, whoa, what have I done? As you stand before God. He saw and he cried. The echoes of eternity, those who are in hell right now are, are crying the, the cries, I should have, I could have, I would have, should have, would have, could have. Second echo of eternity was his cry. His cry of, of mercy, the cry for mercy in the flames of all eternity, the echoes have mercy. And yet Jesus says in this story, Verse 26, besides all this, between us there is a great gulf fixed that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those that pass to us. There is a great separation. There is a great gulf that's been fixed that when you pass from eternity, listen, there ain't no uh, going over the river. There ain't no bridge for you to go into heaven. There ain't no coming back. This is eternity. The echoes of eternity, the cries of mercy now being locked out of heaven. The third echo of eternity. He didn't want to see his brothers go to where he is. He didn't want his brothers to go to hell. The echoes of eternity. Go and tell my brothers. Go and tell my sister. Go and tell my family about this place. Go and tell them. You see, hell would do a great better job if everyone came back and they'll be witnessing to every living creature. What about you tonight? I'm, I'm writing this. I'm thinking, God, your word is truth. Let us not hear this message because, listen, there are people here tonight will hear the message and live on their lives. Oh, good preaching. Yeah, man, that was, ooh, that was a good one, Pastor. Yeah, yeah. And just continue living on in their sin. People will hear the message and be like, oh, wow, that was powerful, but yet have no resolve to live it out. People will hear the message and be like, whoa, man, yeah, that was convicting me. But will you begin to be faithful in where God has called you to be? 
to love him with all your heart, to repent now, to turn your life to God now. Jesus gives a snapshot of hell's cry. Tell my family, tell my brothers. Hell sends a message, the echoes of eternity. Verse 27, then he begged, I beg you, therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. You see, tonight, when you pass away, I'm looking at Pastor Mitchell's photo, and I'm thinking, man, well done, good and faithful servant. I'm, I'm sure the welcoming home of this precious uh, father of the faith, rejoicing in heaven meeting people who maybe he's preached sermons to, that one night he's preached a revival and he, people up there saying, yeah, I got saved in your message. That message you preached on this back in 1995, you, you, preached, you, you witnessed to me on this day. My life. People will be coming to him saying, you're the man, you're, you're that guy who preached the message. But here it is now, I'm looking at the photo from this time frame to this date. And in between is that little dash. Just like when you go to a gravesite and you see someone's tombstone from the date they were born to the date they died, and there's a little dash. Tonight, what are you doing with that little dash right now? Your life isn't ended yet, but there's, there's a little dash there that sums up one person's life in that dash. What are you doing with your dash tonight? People will cry, will will we'll, you know, sing some songs at your funeral and then they'll go back living their lives. But where will you spend eternity tonight? Heaven or hell? Jesus died on the cross. Jesus gave himself and he said these words, forgive them. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. This, the cry of forgiveness was for us so we can spend eternity with him. Jesus says to the, the, the thief on the cross, remember this day. You will be with me in paradise. Hallelujah. For the believer, it's a rejoicing. For the believer, it's from death to life. It's a uh, complete and, uh, you know what, uh, complete joy where sorrow is no longer. And Bible talks about that every tear shall be wiped away from their eyes. But for the unbeliever, weeping, gnashing of teeth out of darkness. Tonight, where will you spend eternity? Echoes of eternity are crying a message tonight. Listen. Can you hear the cries? Listen. Can you hear the cries of the, the rich man? Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Simple message on eternity. And you know what? We can keep living our lives in busyness and, and everything, but you know what? I'm just reminded of this one man's life. Pastor Mitchell, a man of influence, decided to be faithful in his calling to preach the gospel. And from that place, they planted a church in Perth, Australia. People started getting saved. Disciples were being made. They planted a church in Queensland. The first church was uh, in the city somewhere. And from that moment on, it was from there to Launton, Strathpine. And then from Strathpine, he sent out churches to Beanley, to Eagleby, so that lives can be changed for all eternity. This is why we do what we do. This is why we have concerts and, 
and, uh, and events is that people can make eternity into heaven and that disciples can be raised to go out and preach the gospel, the message of eternity, of forgiveness, of hope, that Jesus Christ loves, that Jesus Christ has grace for the sinner. It doesn't matter who you are tonight. You might think, oh, God can never forgive me. Listen, that's not true. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. That is the hope for every single person tonight, that your past can be made new again, that your life can be made new again. And you're in this place, I want to give this invitation to you. You know your heart's not right with God. You know if you were to meet your God tonight, you wouldn't make heaven your home. You know tonight, if you were to die in your sin, you wouldn't make heaven your home. If, if you know that's you tonight, I want you to do one simple thing and say, yes, that's me.